1: Log Talk Radio. All the spot analysis. Am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh no. You can do it. Are we <laughs> on a
0: podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to come get some. If you want some, come. Gotta get Gotta get Gotta
1: get my favorite though. Am I? You're
0: my favorite.
1: Well thank you yeah, so
0: much. I think not. You put me on the e-meter
2: and ask me a question and the it would float
1: Hey guys, it's Chrissy, my six man. Right here on come get some extra Scientology edition, and uh, as some people know me, 1.1 podcast guy. Um, how, how depressing, but anyway, oh man, I have got part two of this great interview with award-winning journalist BBC, uh, BBC's own John Sweeney. A Part two is everybody's as good as part one. We got ten questions. We talk about North Korea, all kinds of great stuff on today's show you're all going to love especially if you love part one uh but before i get into part two of this i want to address the uh the ignorant bliss in the room um wow i talked about this once before but uh, apparently um uh dave, dave boy <laughs> davey boy uh lacroix here uh it continues to, to uh, undermine my ability to think for myself, which is kind of you know disappointing, but whatever. Uh, I just want to say this, and uh, this is all I'm really going to say when it is. If you're in an interview uh, with somebody who's, who's being polite to you and just asking you questions, and you feel like you're on the ropes, you're doing something wrong. Um, you can't feel like you're on the ropes unless you have the inability to respond to the question, and you feel like you're cornered. Because all these questions are coming at you that you just don't have an answer for, and what does that say? Um, on top of that, there's been other indie news where uh, I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about this guy, but this guy said uh, all psychs – he's not talking – he claims he's not talking about all psychiatrists, which is really funny. Uh, all psychs should be routed up in concentration camps and murdered, and the world would be a better place. And uh, in the ultimate, in, um, in in L. Ron Hubbard Apologetics, he says that psychs are just bad people, not psychiatrists. And I'm like, well, why do you make the Industry of Death Museum then? Uh, so if, if you're trying to claim you are the answer to all the problems and this is the way to go, and your answer is to round up all the bad people and kill them in concentration camps, you scare the shit out of me. And I don't think I need to hear what you have to say anymore. Yikes. Yikes, guys. Oh, man. Oh, man. So I got a lot of good stuff coming up. You know, and, you know real quick, It's just real quick. Go back to what I was saying before. And I talk about this in two weeks on part two of the interview that starts next week uh, with my next very special guest. Uh, why would you want to reform Something so bad, something that's so inherently wrong as Scientology can be. Um, you don't want to reform the Westboro Baptist Church, do you? I'm sure they have good qualities. They come to mass, to pray to Jesus. They also pick it at funerals for soldiers who've come back from defending our country um, in the U.S. at least, and in um, the the uh, they shout at it, the funeral that uh, gays are bad and all that stuff and. So why would you want to reform that? Wouldn't you want to just step away from that and get involved in something else, you know? I'm sure I'm sure Hitler has some good qualities. I'm sure he was a nice guy once in a while. He was killing entire people. You know, you don't want to reform the Nazi party, right? You just move on to a different party. Just uh little well, common sense for thought there. Uh I wanna try something here. Let's see if I can do this. That's uh I tried to call the uh, Orlando org last week and it went nowhere. And uh, I'm gonna to try to call someone else this week and have a conversation if they'll let me. Parking <laughs> on Suncoast. This is Luke. How can I help you? Hi, Luke. How you doing? I, I'm, I'm Chris, and I'm calling from my podcast live on the air. I just wanted to give you guys a chance to say something great about the things you're doing to help the people. Do you have a minute just to mm-hmm. talk real quick? Well, I can get you right, Luke, on the you phone, phone with somebody. To with you. Okay, you're not comfortable talking? Well, let me get talking. you on the phone with the right person. With the right person. Okay, great. Hold on. I'm waiting to be put on the phone with the right person. Marking on Sunco, see if they have some nice things to say. Hello, I'm this sure is do a lot of great stuff. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? I'm Chris. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, Chris. How are you, sir?
1: Good, good. Well, was it explained to you that I'm I'm actually on the One podcast? I just want to sit, ask you some questions about what you do there. Talk about the great things you're doing to help people, if we can, for just a minute. Yeah, that'd be fine. Great, great. So you guys uh, help people with drug addiction and alcoholism, is that right?
0: Correct. We're a substance abuse treatment facility.
1: Substance abuse. Now, if I can ask you, what are the things that you guys do to help people that we can look forward to if we had somebody in our families that needed help?
0: Um, The entire purpose of our program is actually to handle the underlying reasons as to why someone uses drugs and or alcohol in the first place. Uh, We view addiction as something that does have an underlying causation to it, and when you can handle those things, be it grief or depression or anger or self-esteem issues or trauma or abuse or any of the numerous other things that lead people to go down the path of addiction, and you really address that and handle it, and then give a person the skills and tools they need to be able to move forward with their life, the person can... Quite literally, leave their past behind them. Well,
1: that I hope that answers the question. If that works out. I th- you know, I, I understand where you're coming from with that answer. That answer actually, um, you know, it, it is it is the answer, right? So of course, he answers the question. Um, like, uh, I've heard things called like the introspection rundown. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Is it? I've heard bad things about it. I've heard good things about it. What can you tell me about it? Uh from your
0: Say that again, sir. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're referring to actually.
1: The introspection rundown? Introspection? I might be I, saying it wrong.
0: I, you know I'm I'm not familiar actually.
1: Okay, okay. And there is also another treatment that I'm hearing about and I'm not trying to corner you here. I'm uh, really not sure. Um about a sauna where you take some niacin and you sit in the sauna for some hours to I guess sweat out the the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Just without the drugs and toxins, correct. Now is there now can, is there a place I can go because the only place I've ever seen any explanation for this I've done a little research because I, I want I want people to get the right help they can and if the right help they can get is with Narcan on grade if it's not you know I don't want to suggest people go there but I can't find anything scientifically anywhere um, to to verify the claims of what that process is you know you have fatty tissue holding. All the toxins from your life in there. Is, is there anything All the scientific you need me to, Studies any type that have been done. Or,
0: yeah, you could go to the Narcanon.org website. All the scientific studies are actually right, right there. Right,
1: Narcanon's website. Right. So what Correct. I want to do as somebody who wants to, I say, so if I'm going to buy a car, mm-hmm. I'm going to do research on this car, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to listen to what the car salesman says. I'm going to look up online. I'm going to look up the car manufacturer. I'm going to look up its specs. I'm going to find out if this car is good for me. I don't want to hear if this Toyota is good from Toyota. I want to hear from people who've driven a Toyota or people who can tell me the science behind why this Toyota is safer than the Dodge, right? So Mm -hmm. where can I go online? Where can I go as a concerned person, a concerned citizen with a family member that needs help, to find out the science behind this process of sweating out the fatty tissue with the toxins in it? Is there a place I can go for that information? Just to verify.
2: I mean, anything that I would that say,
0: process. anything that I would say, would be a breach in confidentiality regarding people that have been through the program in the past. So I couldn't point you in a direction to anybody in particular that has done it. Okay. Um, I can say for myself because I'm a success story from the program, uh, but otherwise I, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving you any other direction other than that. No. Yeah, I there tell, there uh, are plenty of people out there that you. have done it.
1: Okay. Well, i got a couple more questions I'm just curious about. um, You mentioned earlier about things that got them on the wrong track, like maybe the wrong prescription medications, right, like for depression or whatever led them down that track. Um, Sure. Would you have somebody who's not addicted to drugs, who's not an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. who is suffering from a mental condition and taking medication for it? Would you want to see and talk to that person to try to get them to stop taking that medication because – it's harming them more than it's helping them in our eyes? Is that something you guys would do there? Does that make any sense to you?
0: I mean, we're not a dual diagnosis facility. So mm-hmm. n- short answer, no. Um, I, I would try to offer, you know, some guidance, but, I, I'm, but I'm not a physician. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a licensed counselor. I'm not a physician. So I, I wouldn't be the person qualified to, to make that decision one way or another without having, you know, the information really at hand.
1: But it's not unheard of. Like if you – if I had a friend that was hanging out with some friends that were Scientologists, but he wasn't, and he Mm -hmm. was suffering from depression, say, and he was Mm -hmm. taking depression medication, would his friends recommend to him, hey, maybe you should go talk to Narcanine and they can help you with this depression? Would they do that? Is that something that makes sense to you? No,
0: that's not what we're – no, we wouldn't do that. That's not what we do here.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Um, I, I think he answers all the questions I have for now because I, I don't want to push you, and I, I caught you off guard on the air with us, and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, improper about this. And I really appreciate you. you've been very open, and, and you know, you've been as honest as you could. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right, you take care. You too, sir. All right, bye bye.
1: Interesting conversation. Very interesting conversation. Um, he's scared to answer questions man it sounds like fucking like Dave anyway um, that was interesting I can't believe they took the call um, I don't think I did anything illegal there because I identified myself as being on the air and asked permission to ask these questions I think I asked uh, pretty respectfully and I think I got the run around a little bit because I, I do believe I remember hearing something about Kyle Brennan's mom um, Victoria being called and asked to send him to Narconon which makes no sense based on what this man just said Um, anyway, hey that was fun, let's get on to um, I want everybody to get their own look at Narconon and see what what they want to make of it themselves and there you are, let's go ahead and get to part two of uh, John Sweeney's uh, interview here
2: let's be clear about this Scientology says it's a religion you walk into a church and they'll say honor Jesus you walk into a mosque and they'll say, follow the prophet. You walk into a synagogue and they'll say, don't eat bacon sandwiches and marry a nice <laughs>
0: right.
2: I'm not an expert on any religion, <laughs> and in particular Judaism, but you, you get the yeah. joke. When you walk into the Scientology Center on Tottenham Court Road in London, or in New York, or in LA, or in uh, Clearwater, no one will tell you that 75 million years ago a space alien Satan called Lord Sanu brought um, 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 space aliens uh, to the planet Earth and blew them up with hydrogen bombs in volcanoes. And the remains of these pesky dead space alien souls have stuck to us and caused chaos and madness and war and inhumanity. And only Scientology can clear you of this space alien dead soul affliction. If I tell anyone this, I may well kill myself because it's too powerful a secret, and I may well kill the listener. Mm-hmm. I am living proof that Scientology is, in an English phrase, a load of old bollocks. You're healthy. Because, Ten um, years later, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very healthy. I can't. I, I can't run like Usain Bolt. But I'm uh, pretty healthy. <laughs> right. And um, I'm healthy enough, thank you very much. But what I am is I've been doing this now for a decade. And nothing. And, and here I am. So therefore, I would argue this is a cult. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of brainwashing. And um, so I think you can be, and I've met people who've told me they were in the cult, in Scientology, and they were told they watched me losing my temper and they were told this is an evil man who's trying to do down Scientology and look how evil and dark he is and the flip side of that Chris is while they were watching me lose my temper they realised that I had been goaded, I had been pushed to do that by the church and there was something wrong and dark about this Mm. of another human being even though he's a critic there's something wrong and dark about that. So I think what happens is there are people who are inside the cult who are doing dark stuff who suddenly get a, a, a glimmer, um, you know, like the cat in the Matrix, a jump which goes, this isn't right. And, and what happens is over time, more and more of this stuff comes through, more of this, more and more of this stuff comes through, and then they um, – um,
1: Time to get them out. Hmm. Well, I mean, to, do you think I'm curious? I thought this might be what they were doing in in the Scientology and me. Do you think they were trying to see if it would work on a journalist, and then during the course of this interview, in the course of this uh, investigation, you would become a doting Scientologist and report on how
2: great it is? Is that what they thought? No, no. I think that they... Um, no, I don't th- I, I think that they sensed my cynicism was too deep, um, or my skepticism was too deep. But what they did do was work out that if they really riled me, and I would explode... They'd get that I'd video. Be- so what I, I, I think their tactic was, not, not conversion, but um, um, derision um, would be the end of me. And also, I think they had an American understanding of what a... Um, um, uh, TV reporters in general, presenters seem very kind of manicured and, 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 and bouffant dude and um, a little bit um, and they are pillars of the community whereas um, the British public, the great British public, because I'm a BBC reporter they pay my wages and I love them for all that. <laughs> uh, they, um, and they put up with me they seem to have or they seem to get it quite quickly that I'd been wound up. And it feels like I'm, I was, imagine a teacher at school who you quite like, who's not a bad guy, and suddenly, you know, he's just at the end of his tether and he flips. Right. It felt like, but the great British public um, got that. And they said, we're not going um, to put into this guy. And, and And genuinely, that's, People have bought me drinks. I got arrested in Pakistan two years later, 2009, by the ISI, the Pakistani secret police, who wow. people Amnesty International and, uh, and Human Rights Watch say they kill people and they torture people. and They're not nice um, against the, you know, the horrific enemy in the Taliban. But nevertheless, these are not people you want to mess with lightly. And there's a, a, a guy who speaks beautiful English, and you know I'm I'm arrested with my cameraman, my fixer, and the guy says, "Who are you? And can you prove it?" And I said, "My name's John Sweeney, and um, I uh, work for BBC Panorama." Uh, can you prove it? Here's my passport. Here's my press pass. And there's about ten of these guys, and he gives it to one of the, the one of the goons, my passport, press pass, and the guy gets into a car. This and gets off in the car and drives off into the dust and then the main man turns to me and says who are you and can <laughs> you prove it and I look him in the eye and I say my name is John Sweeney and I work for BBC Panorama and I have 7 million hits on YouTube look me up <laughs> and he comes back he goes away comes back with my passport and press back clearly having seen me lose my rag for the Church of Scientology and says, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Sweeney, for any mistake. I do hope your stay here in Pakistan has not been an inconvenience. Oh, wow. So I'd like to thank the church. internationally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> famous everywhere. <laughs> Apart from North Korea. But, uh, <laughs> it was, so it was, uh, it was a very, very funny moment, but to be honest, um, in the moment, uh, when it happened, it was dark. Sarah and Bill, Bill Brown, wonderful cameraman. It was very, very funny. And at the end, well, after I lost my temper, we went off to a cafe. By the way, these stories, if anybody's interested, uh, are told in a book called Church of Fear. Love the book. Um, and um, that you can get that. You can't buy it at the bookshop for reasons your listeners will guess. But you can get it on Amazon. And it's got, it's got some funny um, stories. And there's a lovely moment afterwards. When I feel clearly, oh, God, I'm going to get fired. And, uh, and Sarah, who's always uh, bright and sparky, is, is worried. And Bill says, uh, he's Northern Irish, and he's been in lots of the troubles, and he's been to war zones around the world and the Middle East, all sorts of difficult places. And Bill says, and he's kind of slightly grim uh, Northern Irish accent uh, that he affects. John, I'm a... I just want you to know I'm tendering my resignation. I'm leaving the BBC because of your behavior today. And I'm joining the Sea Org. I went, (laughs) you're not And and, and Phil said, no, 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 just winding up, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm not joining the Sea Org. And then we started laughing, and then we couldn't stop. And so what I had, so you remember is I had uh, um, the affection of my friends and colleagues and beyond that of my um, family when I got back to Britain. And I would say to any young um, people, and old, but mainly young people because they're, you're more vulnerable, that when an organization says, um, "Don't," you know, when your friends, your old friends, your oldest friends, and your, your family, the people who love you most in the world, say, I'm worried about this stuff you're into. Listen to those people. Yeah. Listen to people who love you. Uh, anything, anything on earth that says, "Don't listen to your mum and dad. Don't talk to your mum and dad. That's bad." Yeah. Run. Run. I would Run.
1: say uh, it's okay to believe anything, but always question everything. That's that's one of my sayings. Mm. If you can't question it, they say you can't. Something's wrong. Even my church. Yep. You know, I go to church. Church tells me, question it if you have to. <laughs> they we, encourage it you know
2: we have a um am uh, we have a um, people must be free people must be free to um uh believe in anything or nothing and oh, i will yeah. respect that uh, belief i don't have to i don't have to agree with it but what i certainly uh, don't have to do is say um i'm not going to uh, um criticize this i'm not going to um it is, I respect the right to believe and the right not to believe, but also the right to practice scrutiny and mockery, too, as well. Yep. You have a belief, you can, um, you can make jokes about it. Uh, not cruel, not horribly cruel. There's, a, there's an edge to this where you, we have to, there's a limit to this. You can't um, be uh, repulsive. But nevertheless, um, some degree of humor and mockery is good. Professor Robert Lipton, the American military psychiatrist who treated brainwashed GIs and others, um, victims of the Chinese communists, said that uh, an open mind and tolerance of humor and mockery is the tremendous antidote to the authoritarian or totalitarian mindset. Let's not forget that.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you real quick, because I know we're running out of time here, uh, you did a that was a pretty big expose you did, especially part two when you brought in Mike Rinder on the deal. Are you surprised that it's still going today with all the attention it's gotten in the media and how much people actually know about
2: it now? Um, yes, I am surprised that it, that it's still going, but I think there are people who are locked in with their families, so that I would um, uh, if the idea, if you kind of understand. That you're born into Scientology and most of the people who are left in are born into it, second and third generation Scientologists if they leave, they may not be able to talk to their mum and dad their brothers and sisters and their kids ever again that's a terrible lock so that lock um, frightens people There is a, but um, digital power our new information technology means that in the old days, uh, to find Russell Miller's wonderful book, *Birthplace Messiah, you would have to go to a bookshop, um, a second-hand bookshop probably, track it down, buy it, read it secretly, and then begin to think, this isn't right. These days, one click uh, of yep. your mouth can get you to me screaming. And the moment you see me screaming, you go... That's a bit weird. Why is that guy doing that? Yep. Why, why is he so angry? What's upsetting so much? Because it's not just anger, there's fear there in me, fear in my voice. And then I hope you would go to, for example, my documentary. Get the whole thing, yeah. In me. Possibly you might go into the book. I think you would do this more if you're English than American. If you're American, you might go to Going Clear. Um, and then you might read Russell Miller's book. By the time you've read Going Clear, Barefaced Messiah, and Church of Fear, then you've got a pretty good idea of the reality of the Church of Scientology. They say, I'm a bigot, psychotic, and a liar. John, I watched their video on you when they put
1: together their own production, their own documentary on John Sweeney in Panorama,
2: and I think that was helpful to you as well, to be honest. No, lots of... I have a slight... Uh, people still buy me drinks. So I was undercover in Egypt the other day. And I um, was wow. uh, doing a story about a migrant ship that sank. And um, I was in Cairo Airport. We were about to leave. An Egyptian and Londoner um, came up to me and said, I thought your documentary on Scientology was really good, Mr. Sweeney. And I called over to my uh, producer, James. I said, James, James, listen to this guy. He's, he's in Scientology film. And James said, John, we're on the cover. Shut
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh, the cover's going to get harder and harder, isn't it?
2: <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I can't do that. But I don't. What's weird about this is that I think Scientology put that video out for me to be ashamed, for me to walk right. away, to abandon my career as a journalist. And um, Well, they thought they ruined you. Uh, and 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 uh, and to destroy me, the the law of unintended consequences held true, <laughs> and um, and I it made me nationally and internationally famous as somebody who stands up to bully yep. and weirdos. And um, and I'd like to thank the church.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: it's <laughs> so horribly wrong. All I would say to anybody who's in it is get out, get out. You're you're spoiling your life. Uh, they say, Scientologists think that we are, people on the outside, are dumb and stupid and cruel and our lives are mean and nasty. Now, there are some mean and nasty yep. people out there, and there are, there are great difficulties that uh, people pursue. But on the whole, on the whole, humanity, in whichever country you go to, there are some awful exceptions at the moment, but nevertheless, most places, most people are good. Most people are kind and sweet. Give them a chance. The idea that we're all um, being screwed by this space alien satan oh. that's rubbish.
1: That's right. That's right. Thank you so much, man. Let me tell you, i got to go ahead. I'm going to do something to do with every guest on the show. It's called 10 Questions Think Fast. There's some funny stuff, some silly stuff, something that might make you think. And if you need to pass, you can pass on a question if you're not comfortable. Sure. All right. Let's do this. Uh Question number 1 to pick fast 10 questions with John Sweeney uh true or false Tommy Davis has fresh breath.
2: Fresh breath means what? In, um His in breath doesn't
1: life? smell bad.
2: Um he's he I he smells quite sweet I recall.
1: Oh, very good. You would know. Uh, number 2. <laughs> well, uh,
2: by the way. <laughs> he's not my type. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Number two, uh, finish this sentence. If I could do Scientology and me again, I would do what different? Nothing. Nothing different. Good, good. Number I three. Apologize I apologize now. Nothing different. Nothing different. All right. Uh, number three, what would you prefer, to spend three hours in the trunk of a car in Zimbabwe or three hours of watching psychiatry, the industry of death videos?
2: Um, three hours in the trunk of a car in Zimbabwe. That's astounding to hear. here. All right. Uh, number four. Uh, you've been in America
1: quite a bit. What's the strangest thing you find about us Americans or America?
2: Uh, that Scientology is a religion.
1: That is strange. Um, number five. Uh, I'm kind of new to the Scientology stuff the last six, seven months. Am I in over my head, do you think?
2: No. It's fascinating. It helps you understand. I, it helps me understand um, uh, people have been brainwashed by, for example, Islamic State. And I have met Scientologists, believe it, ardent, science, passionate Scientologists, who have realized they've woken up and their brainwashing has crumbled. If, if that can happen with Scientology, it can happen with other things, for example, Islamic State, maybe the North Koreans, too. So, the idea uh, understanding how Scientology does its strange, dark magic on people Will help us perhaps understand cults death cults like Islamic State or nation state cults like North Korea which are more powerful and more terrifying and, uh, and significantly darker than Scientology it's a fascinating thing to study and to try and work out um, it's also wrong and I feel when I challenge Scientology even you know, doing a talk like this I feel um, my time has not been wasted Good. All right. Cool deal. Uh,
1: number six. Uh, I saw your North Korea uh, documentary. And I get a very strong Scientology feel from the North Koreans uh, the way they run their uh, the way they run the country. It feels to me, tell me if I'm off a little bit here, uh, true or false North Korea is bluffing in doing all this missile launching for show.
2: Yes. Um. That's what I feel. But North Korea is uh, Scientology without Tom Cruise. Right. Um, Scientology is North Korea without uh, nuclear weapons. Um, The same denial of information, the same restriction of vocabulary, the same sense that you demonize the other non-Scientologists, the rest of the world, the North Koreans, are in some way inherently evil to be smashed to pieces. And um, um, this is all part of uh, brainwashing gibberish that comes with a cult. Scientology is stranger, perhaps, because its cultishness happens in places like Florida and California in the greatest open society on Earth. North Korea and, um, uh, and Islamic State brainwashing happens in, um, in dark countries where people have had much, much less freedom. So, so Scientology is worth looking at and investigating and then challenging because it has the power to brainwash people in an open society. That's peculiar. Yeah,
1: what, what stood out to me was the constant mention of the impending bombing of Ameri- by America, and there was no impending bombing coming.
2: No, that, that is. I, I'm, um, uh, some of my friends who've been to North Korea uh, sort of um, disagree with me, but I think I think this is a um, this is um, a bit like the Wizard and the Wizard of Oz, who um, uh, who's uh, threatening doom and gloom until uh, Toto the little dog um, moves um, the curtain aside and you see an old fool puffing and puffing. That's what I think The the that's biggest
1: great. difference is if someone next to David Scavage you know betrays him in some way he feels David Scavage punches him knocks him silly, in North Korea you get killed. That's the difference
2: uh,
1: as far as it, I can see. The,
2: the, the difference is, and that's a huge difference, and we should note that. Yes. But but the the fundamental things of of mind control, of being able you know one leader being able. Um, to push ordinary and potentially decent people to do dark and horrible things to others, that's a, that's a commonality. Okay. What's the name of that again? And, and I want to promote that. What was the name of that uh, documentary? It's a, it's a BBC Panorama film called North Korea Undercover. And that, too, is on YouTube. And I've written a book about it called North Korea Undercover, which is published in the States. Beautiful.
1: It's, it's an enlightening thing. If, you, if you're worried about North Korea, it, 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 that helps. Uh, number seven, you're one of the few people I've got on here who said they're a Doctor Who fan, who's truly a true Doctor Who fan. Uh, so I want to ask you, just, uh, as one Doctor Who fan to another, uh, what's your favorite episode or arc of the new run since 2000, I think it was five or three or something?
2: Um, oh, oh, it's the Autons. Um, the nesting consciousness, uh, plastic wheelie bins gobbling up people and turning them into plastic. Because I challenged Vladimir Putin... Wow,
1: the first episode. Yeah,
2: I challenged (laughs) uh, Vladimir Putin um, in um, in a mammoth museum. Uh, These are the woolly uh, elephants um, of um, yesteryear, as it were, in a um, mammoth museum in Siberia. And um, um, Putin has had bad Botox And I, I, (laughs) uh, right up close, this film too is on YouTube and it's called Putin's Gamble. Uh, And then then I did, you can see it again, I did a film called Trump, the Kremlin Candidate, which I believe also is up on YouTube. uh, We put that out in January this year. But (coughs) what I wanted to do was uh, push my finger forwards and press Putin's plastic-looking flesh to see whether he was, this is my theory, that he was a Doctor Who style uh, auton, <laughs> i.e., and I knew had I touched him, I would have been shot dead by the Kremlin security <laughs> behind him. Yes. So I wow. Frankly, t- Chris, I'm a bit pussy. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> Number eight. Um, sticking with the Doctor Who theme, if you could go on a BBC report, uh, you know, do one of these panorama specials, and take any Doctor Who companion with you, who would you like to take?
2: Oh, uh, it would be the, uh, um, uh, I'm showing my age now, uh, but when I was 13, what was the, um, Tom Baker's assistant? Uh, there was a couple um uh, yeah, there was the, the who was some kind of stone age woman or, or from a stone age culture i don't remember her she was she was she wore a, she was kind of um um she was a beautiful woman and wore a um and had a kind of uh, stone age um um uh, stone age woman uh, simplicity and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say short skirt <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. I don't remember her name. Whether that was, anyway. Her. Um, hey, listen, I was 13. I, I, I Tom
1: Baker to... was one of my favourite, by the way.
2: Yeah, no, Tom Baker was. Uh, uh, there was a fantastic spoof on um, on the BBC Radio Four, um, um, w- uh, where they did a uh, uh, impressionist stuff, and uh, what Tom Baker they would have somebody phoning up um, various DIY stores in Britain. <laughs> Asking for a sonic screwdriver or a, <laughs> or a new, and they, so I don't know which department. Where do you say you live again, Gallifrey. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I have to find that. It's probably
1: online somewhere.
2: Uh, no. Um, uh, anyway, whoever that woman is, she was the. Uh, she would be my pick.
1: All right, I, I'm with that. I think that, that might have been one of my favorite. If it's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, number nine. What's next for John
2: Sweeney? I, uh, if I told you, I'd have to shoot you and everybody listening.
1: Oh, that's that's not good. That's not good.
2: Uh, All right. you writing any more books? Uh, yeah. I'm, um, I've am i written a, a thriller called Cold, where, which some people might think is about Putin's Russia, but it's not about Putin. And then I've written a new one, um, which is about Syria, which is coming out. Uh, that's going to be called Road. And I think I'm writing a third one called Hell. And the other thing I've done... Um, which has sold about 170,000 copies in Britain, hardly any in the States, but it's a lovely story, based on a true story set in Burma. And it's called Elephant Moon, this book, and I'm very uh, proud of it. Out, You can get it via Amazon. And it's a book um, uh, about the war in Burma in 1942, and there were some mixed-race orphans who um, were half-British and half-American, half-Burmese, and they were kind of the human stain of empire. And when the Japanese invaded, the rich British and Americans flew out to the safety of India or, uh, or took ships. And these um, poor people, these poor kids, were stuck. And they were too white, too European to be safe once the Japanese had arrived. But they weren't white enough um, oh. to, um, to get out. And eventually, uh, they, after a lot of trouble, they get to the last river. It's a thousand yards across. They cannot cross, and the Japanese have sunk the last ferry, and they're going to—they're in trouble. They may die. And then a herd of working teak elephants come through, and the elephant guy, there's um, a bloke called Sam, an Englishman, says, um, what's your problem? And their teacher, Grace, says, um, have you got a ferry? Because otherwise the children, they can't swim, they'll die. And Sam says we don't need a ferry. The children can ride on the back of the elephants. But can the elephants climb the mountains higher than um, the Alps over, um, 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 which, over which Hannibal took his elephants to get to um, uh, yeah. Italy? How, can, can these elephants get the kids to the safety of India? And so it's, a, it's, a, it's based on a true story, and I love that story. Um, I gave a copy of it. I tried to give a copy of it to Tommy Davis because I found (laughs) out where Uh, Well, just for fun. And I said, you know, do Tommy. And I I do mean this. uh, I'd love to meet Tommy once he's left and we'll have a civilized and proper nice conversation, maybe over a whiskey. That would be my um, preference. And um, uh, I wish no one in Scientology harm. I just want them to realize that they've been suckered.
1: Wow! All right. Well,
2: um, that's that's great. That's
1: great. Wow. Deep. <laughs> so, um, number ten. Let's see if I can get you to do this. <laughs> number ten, in your best John Sweeney war, tell me what you thought about this podcast in this interview.
2: You are not there!
1: Actually, you were. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the interview, John. I, I definitely have. I wish we had more time to talk more. I could talk to you all day.
2: <laughs> no, it was a pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much.
1: No problem. You take care, man. Stay in touch. Right,
2: well. So That was the uh, award-winning
1: John Sweeney with an amazing performance there. <laughs> I love this shout. Um, I just want to address something I talked about with Narcanon earlier. I, I I misspoke and spoke about the the um. Talking about the introspective rundown, that wouldn't have been done within Narcanon. so I misspoke on that question. I was actually kind of remember the name of the sweat out the fatty tissue with the toxins in it, but it was – I believe it used to be called the Purification Rundown. I'm seeing on their their website now. It's called the New Life Detoxification, which sounds much nicer. Sounds real sweet. But uh, yeah, uh, if I'm wrong and I misspoke on anything else uh, with that Narcanon interview as far as talking about – you know, them doing, uh, suggesting people go to Narcanon for other modifications. And if I misspoke on the, on the, uh, on the Kyle Brando story, you can let me know in the comments. In the meantime, uh, I got to tell you about my guest coming up next week. It's amazing. Um, wow. Lois Riesdorf. talked to me for an interview on this show. So next week you'll get part one of Lois Riesdorf. I'm surprised I fit it into two parts because, uh, she goes way back to being born into the South African mission to the Apollo, working directly with O'Ron Hubbard. So there's a lot of great stories, a lot of great insights you're going to get from Lois in the coming weeks. Um, can't wait to bring you that. Until then, I'll uh, see you next Thursday right here on Come Get Some, and Friday right here on Come Get Some Extra. Uh, stay connected. That about sums it up. Take care, everybody. All the spot analysis. Am I crazy? Uh,
2: no
1: Are we on a
0: podcast?
1: (laughs) Yeah
0: I Uh, I think I'm gonna come get some If you want some, come Gotta get get Gotta get get Gotta get Some
1: my Appreciate favorite
0: it. though. Am I? You're my favorite. Well thank you yeah. so much. I I think yeah. not. Put me on the
2: e-meter and ask me a question and the meter would float if you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.